Good morning. Good morning. All right, welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It's great to see everyone here this morning, and welcome to everyone joining us online for worship. Uh, we are glad that you are joining us. Um, I would like to open up our service uh, by reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 18, so you can turn there. Uh, this is a reminder uh, about what it is we gather for, what it is we worship, and uh, that is the Jesus. That is his saving power by the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let's pray. God, while the world may hate the message of the cross, why it may hate your son, Lord, your church, we come and we know it is the power of salvation. Uh, it is where ultimate wisdom is found. And Lord, would we humble ourselves before you today as we know uh, that it is in you only where we find salvation. And there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. So Lord, may we lift up high the name of Jesus this morning. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Zach. We're delighted to have you here this morning. It's kind of cold and rainy outside, but it's wonderful inside. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're joining us online also if you're joined this morning. We're going to sing Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Join us in singing. I'll leave you seated for now, and we'll come stand a little bit later. Go ahead. of mercy never ceasing call forth songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above praise the mouth time fixed upon it out of thy redeeming love oh to grace how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And I sing praises. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, may your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises your name oh lord praises to your name oh lord for your name is great and greatly to be praised i give glory sing that one if you will i give glory to your name oh lord glory to your name 
and greatly to be praised. I give glory to your name, oh Lord, glory to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to stand if you will as we can use singing oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth oh lord we praise your name oh if you will. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Sing it one more time. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Would you join me as we go to our Savior in prayer? Holy Father, we count it a high privilege and wonderful joy to gather in this place to worship and to praise your name. Teach us, our Father, how to truly worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for Calvary and the great gift that you have given us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that when he died on that cross, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom, giving every born-again child of God the privilege of approaching your throne and coming and praising you and worshiping you and thanking you we are grateful, our Father, for that tremendous love and sacrifice. We pray, our Father, this morning for those that will be sharing with us, our pastor and our guest. And we pray, Father, that they may be simply tools in your hands to share your unsearchable riches of your word and the blessings of being a follower and a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, our Father, to grow in grace. Help us to not grow weary in well-doing. Born in time, Lord, you will give the harvest. I pray, Father, that during this pandemic that we will keep our eyes steadfast 
on you and seeking your guidance and direction. I pray for our national leaders, Lord, those that are in places of responsibility. Father, grant unto them your divine wisdom as you know all about this mess that our country is in. But Father, you see the whole picture. We can't see it now, but we know, Lord, that all authority is in you. And we pray, Father, that we will wait and watch and follow. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. say thanks for the things you have done for me things so undeserved yet you gave to prove your love for me the voices of a million Angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be. I owe it all to thee. To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory for the things he has done by his blood.
invite children up up front for children's sermon. If you are a child and you are here, you want to come on down. We have a special guest this morning, Miss Peggy Cable. Peggy, you come on up. Peggy is a missionary in Uganda, and she's going to be leading children's sermon um, while, uh, while, while the children come up. So uh, while she's doing that, I want to encourage the folks for our online while the children are coming up. I want to encourage one of the guys from the sound booth to post our online bulletin as well as our link to our online giving. Uh, We also have bulletins here. So if you're a guest, I know we have guests here, you fill out your little guest card in the back. We don't pass an offering plate, but in the back we have our black boxes. So as you exit, you just drop your offering or your guest information card there in our black boxes. And that's a way for you to certainly record your visit here with us. But your giving here, your faithfulness, certainly is able for us to continue sharing the good news and being very active with that. Oh, sorry. All right, I'm going um, to hand the microphone. Oh, do you have a microphone? Okay, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's been a long time. I appreciate your prayers as I work in Uganda and Kenya. So let me get started on some of the mission work that that Nehemiah Faith Ministry does. I've been in Uganda and Kenya for eight years. I stay there about 10 months out of the year. I come back here for maybe two. And so it's good to share with you this morning. One of the that pick on the, that you see is in Kenya. And we're sharing the ball of faith or the hat of many colors the ball of many colors, and let me go through that with you real quick, okay? So we have the colors, we have five colors. The dark color represents sin, okay? Sin can be lying, stealing, cheating, many, many sins. So if you are dark in your heart, if your heart feels troubled, If you're struggling in your heart, do you need to stay that way? Is there any hope? There's hope. The yellow represents Jesus' light. And the light of Jesus shines in that darkness. Dark cannot put out Jesus' light. Okay? Jesus shines. Jesus shines. So what you need to know is the red represents Jesus' blood. Jesus died on the cross to save all of us from our sins. And you know what I believe? I believe those nails did not hold my Jesus on the cross. I believe those nails did not hold my Jesus on the cross. I believe his love for me and his love for you held him on that cross. And he died. And that red represents his blood. And when we know, when we know that Jesus Christ is the son of God, when we know that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, and when we accept that in our heart, 
our heart becomes pure. It becomes clean. And we have hope. Amen? We have hope. And then we have responsibility. And the green is grow. We need to grow in Jesus Christ. We need to go to God in prayer. We need to read the Bible. The Bible is God's word. We need to obey what the Bible says. And we need to witness to others. Amen? And that's, that's what we do in Uganda and Kenya. We go into schools. We have crusades. My favorite ministry is prison ministry. I love going in prisons. I love it. I love it. I'm on a motorcycle every day called a boda boda or a peaky peaky. And I would go to prisons every day. Drug, alcohol, street. See this pic? I've known those, those young people for years. I've known them for a long time. They're in Kosovo, Lunguja, near Kampala, Uganda. They are amazing young people. I love those young people. And I want you to pray for them. Over there, you don't go to school if you do not have school fees. I want you to pray they get school fees. They are I love those people. I love, love, love those young people. I go there a lot. This, you may recognize, the Franklin Graham Christmas boxes, huh? I've been there two times in Uganda when they've been given out. Let me assure you, if you have any doubt at all about those boxes being appreciated, let me tell you they're appreciated. I'm standing right there when they're being opened, and they're appreciated greatly. That's in Kenya. Nehemiah Faith built that church some years back. That's my sister. And I want you to pray I get back to my sister real quick. Because they're hungry. And they're sick. And they need prayer. They need food. They need help. Most of all, they need Jesus. So the prayer is, I can get back. Flights open up, I can get back. These are my sister friends. I love to do women's conferences. I travel, 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 travel. I do women's conferences. Those are some of the ladies. That's... that's that's in western Uganda. That's my tribe right there. Yep, I have a tribe. The name of my tribe is Muchiga. I'm Muchiga. It's western Uganda. I spend a lot of time there. So you pray for these ladies. I care about them. This is showing the Jesus film. I have a small projector speakers, battery, fit my backpack. We move with it, move, move, move. I show it in prisons, schools, crusades. We hang a sheet outside between two trees, and you can watch it on both sides. It's just a mirror image. 
and hundreds come. Hundreds come and watch. And they appreciate. We take it into refugee camps. There's no power there. People come. People come. And people accept Jesus. That's what Nehemiah faith does. We, we evangelize. We talk about Jesus. And we need to tell people two things. Well, many things, but two things. We make it real easy. You need to know Jesus Christ is God's son. You need to know it. You need to believe it. You need to know and believe Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. He's the only way. And that's what we tell. We move, move, move. And it's rough over there. It's not easy. So I ask you for your prayers. Pray I can get back soon. Stay safe and healthy while I'm over there. And bold. I pray for boldness. So I'm wondering, can anyone quote John 3.16 this morning? Is there anyone? You can? Let's, why don't you both come? Here's a mic. One can hold the mic. Okay, go ahead. Quote John 3.16 for us, please. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's clap. Come on. Thank you. Now, let me tell you, it's real simple. That verse we use a lot in this ministry, Jesus gave his son so you and I can go to heaven. Amen. Amen. I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you, young, young girls and guys. You can go down now. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Peggy. We've obviously had a few problems getting words on the screen this morning. They may be there now, but if you want to turn to number 554, that's the hymn number for what we'll sing. And let's stand together as we sing. As a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You're my friend, and you are my brother, even though you are a king. I love you more than any other, so 
much more than anything. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. I want you more than gold or silver, only you can satisfy. You alone are the real joy giver and the apple of my eye. You alone are my strength, my shield, to you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. And you may be seated. We're going to continue to worship, and Gail is going to lead us in a time of worship.
Thank you, Miss Gail. Thank you so much for that. That is, that is a, a wonderful message there. <clears throat> Thank you, Peggy, for sharing what God is certainly doing in Uganda. I want to welcome our online crowd. Uh, if you're at home and you have your Bible, open it up to the book of John. John chapter 1, verses, verse, starting in verse 35. Also, we're going to be flipping over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. So pull your Bibles out, even at your living room at home. John chapter 1, Luke chapter 5. Today is an exciting day. We are beginning a new sermon series. So I'm going to ask you to make a commitment for six weeks. For, you should make a commitment longer than that, but for six weeks, we are going to be studying Jesus's disciples. Now, and here's why we're going to study the disciples. I titled this Broken Team because Jesus took people who were just, they were broken. They did not have it together. They made lots of mistakes. Now I tell you, we live in a broken world with broken people all around us. Massive. There is more urgent need now than before. Uh, the generations coming up, the, uh, the, the need in Uganda, it's, it's everywhere. And what happens is we have a Savior. Jesus takes people and He invests and pours his life into them. The key word there is he invests and poured in. When I was in Georgia, we moved there, and someone recommended a doctor for me to go for like my annual visit. This is 15 years ago. And I went to this guy, I'll just, because um, he still practices, we'll just call him Dr. Smith. I go visit Dr. Smith, and he was busy. He was so booked he came in, the, you know, I'm sitting there. He comes in. He's got his little chart. He's asking, I, I don't even know if he looked up and actually saw who I was. I was there literally first visit, maybe two and a half minutes. I actually waited for him much longer waiting for him to come in than him being there. And then he ran out the door. Next visit, literally, he ran in. Baby, baby, ask a bunch of questions, whatever, and it runs out the door. And I told someone else, after about two years of this, uh, after about two visits, two years, I, I didn't even know who the man was. I said, yeah, I go to Dr. Smith. He says, oh, I used to go to him, but I overheard him tell a patient that he only has two minutes to give to each patient because his, he has so many patients he can't give you more than two minutes. And if someone has lots of problems, he, rec he sends them to someone else. And then that person said, I had to change doctors because the man didn't even know who I, who I was. The problem with Dr. Smith, have you ever been to a doctor like that where literally they don't even look up for their clipboard? They don't even know your name. When you're with someone, you can quickly tell, okay, is this person just anxious to get out of here? Are they, are they investing time into who I am, or are they just literally just visit after visit after visit? You're just the next appointment. Two minutes later, there's someone else. I want you to see here, Jesus, what we're about to see with these disciples. Jesus invested in these men. It wasn't like an appointment with Dr. Smith. He spent time, and he took this group that was broken, 
And he molded, invested, and shaped them being in different folks. We're going to look at all these disciples. Now, if you, look, pull, out your, if you pull out your bulletin, if you pull, open your online bulletin, you'll see on the back actually the list of all the disciples. And you know, if you count them, there's actually 14 listed there. Go, wait a minute. Aren't there 12 disciples? Yes, there are 12 disciples. Judas committed suicide. He was replaced in the book of Acts with a man, man named Matthias. And then you say, why is Paul listed there? Paul said he was an apostle. He just said God made him an apostle. The word disciple and apostle in the Bible are used interchangeably. So if you add in Matthias, who replaced Judas, and Paul, that's 14 different disciples. Do you know, or 14 apostles, the first spiritual gift, there's 22 spiritual gifts in the Bible. The first one mentioned is the gift of apostleship. An apostle would have been one of these 14 men. So we don't receive the gift of being an apostle because obviously we aren't in the presence physically of Jesus 2,000 years ago. But these 14 men we will see over the next six weeks were with Jesus. Jesus touched them. He ministered to them. He invested his life into them. He even appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road and appeared himself physically and showed and said, Paul, what are you doing? So these next six weeks, we're going to be looking at this sermon series called Broken Team. Jesus taking these men who have broken lives and he's going to shape them into changing the world and make creating a movement that obviously 2,000 years later that's impacting us even today. I have a definition of disciple. Look up here on the, on the screen. The word disciple comes from a Greek word. And that Greek word is mathetes, which means to learn. So when you say you're going to become a disciple, what you're signing up to doing is to learn. A disciple is a learner. You're constantly, always learning about the Lord. Ms. Cable talked about, they're, they're in Uganda, they're teaching people about the Lord. People need to learn the truth. There's an urgent need today for people to learn about Jesus. What is a requirement? If you want to be a disciple, what's a requirement for being a disciple? So here's what it is. This is the whole goals. The next six weeks, here's the requirements. Number one, it's a calling. I have them up here on the board. Jesus Christ, He calls us to discipleship. He called these men, and we're about to see this in the Scripture passages here. They just didn't uh, show up and check a box. He came to them, and He invited them to follow Him. Number two, it's a relationship. He invested into them. If you're going to be a disciple, you need to be able to make time for Jesus. I want to tell you, you look at someone's schedule, I can tell you if they're a disciple. If they're spending all their time on media, watching TV. You know, we say Jesus is the most important person in our life, but if you're spending more time watching entertainment stuff, the spending time with Jesus, it's showing our priorities. And that's 
That's the tragedy of the past few months. A lot of people are wasting their life on media. And number three, it's a commitment. Being a disciple is not a six-week sermon series. When you signed up to follow Jesus, when you raised your hand and says, yes, I am going to accept the, the gospel call, you committed yourself not just to a life, but for an eternity. Being a disciple, you never retire. When you get old, you don't just fade away. It is a commitment for life. And it's during the hard times. It's during coronavirus season. It's during quarantine season. It's during no work season, no school. It's wear your mask, whatever it is. Your commitment is to Him, to the Lord. So throughout this next, this next few weeks of summer, remember, a calling, a relationship, a commitment. That's what Jesus Christ is asking of you. Just like Ms. Cable shared here, she is committed. God's called her to share the gospel, to invest in people in Uganda and Kenya. And I ask, what's your calling? What's your, who, what relationships are you building? What commitment are you making? All right, we're about to turn. John chapter 1. Now, in all the list of the disciples, Peter was named first. And this morning we're going to look at two brothers, Andrew and Peter. Andrew and Peter were fishermen. But I'm going to start with Andrew. And I want to tell you why. Because Andrew brought his brother Peter to meet Jesus. Do you know every time we see in the Bible, Andrew, he's bringing someone to Jesus. And he brought a man, his brother Peter, who were fishermen there on the Sea of Galilee. And Peter became the leader. So to turn in your Bible, John chapter 1, verse 35. It says here, the next day, John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples. Now, John the Baptist had just baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. And what happened, John the Baptist had disciples. John the Baptist, he had a following because he was out there calling people to repent and turn from their sins. He was a bold preacher focusing on the Lord. John the Baptist wasn't a feel-good preacher. He was the guy when the Pharisees came to get baptized, he called them a brood of vipers. He said, why are you snakes coming down here? What are you doing here? Could you imagine attending church and the preacher points at you and calls you out? Or calls your name on the internet? So what are you doing listening to this podcast or, or Facebook video? God knows your heart. John the Baptist was one of those guys. And what happened is he had some disciples. Remember, what's a disciple? It's a learner. It's a follower. Two of his disciples were there with him. When John the Baptist saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. I just baptized that man. That's the Savior. There He is. He's here. And look what happens. It says, the two disciples heard John the Baptist say this. And look what they did. They went and followed Jesus. John the Baptist started talking about how great Jesus was. 
And there goes his disciples. He just lost some church members. He just lost his followers. His stock, he feels like, is going down. His guys are now following Jesus. John the Baptist started talking about how great Jesus was. And then these people started following Jesus. That's what happens when you talk about Jesus. You start talking about Jesus, how great he is, the Lamb of God, and people begin to gravitate towards him. Verse 38, when Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, what are you looking for? That's a question for today. Guys, what do you, what do you want? That's what he's saying. Say, what, what, what do you want from me? Now you're following me. You used to be following John. And then they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? That's, a, that's an answer as this, like, what, what, what are you up to? Like, where are you going? What, what's going on? Come and you'll see. You know, that's the discipleship answer always with Jesus. He doesn't tell you. Just follow me and we'll see what happens. Well, they just signed up for a commitment for their life. Come and see means for eternity, I'm going to change everything about you. So they went and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day. It was four in the afternoon. So four in the afternoon, Jesus called these men. They left John. They started following Jesus. Look at this, verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. Most Bible scholars think the other, the other disciple said there was two. What well, could have been John. And we're, we're actually going to study two other brothers next week. John and James. Peter, John, and James, and really in many ways Andrew. That's Jesus' inner three or inner four of his closest disciples who he invested and there each set was a brother. Peter and Andrew were brothers. James and John were brothers. And they were all fishermen. And they worked together. They had a fishing business there together. So one-fourth. One-third. I've got to make sure I do my math. One-third of the disciples, four out of twelve, were fishermen. So look what happens here. The first found... That's Andrew. His own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. And he, meaning Andrew, brought Simon. Remember, Simon is Peter. To Jesus. Every time we see Andrew, he's bringing people to Jesus. First person he brought to Jesus was his brother. Do you know family members right now who are not in church? They're not online watching church. Who do you know in your family that needs Jesus? You can be an Andrew and bring your brother, your mother, your dad, your children to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon. He renamed him. Look at this. Son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. What's powerful about this passage, Jesus meets Peter. The first thing he does is rename him. Peter means rock. He said, Peter, you're going to be a rock. You're going to be different. 
your whole life is about to change. Do you know what we see about Andrew? Several things here. Andrew is known in the Bible as bringing people to see Jesus. We see three examples of that. We won't turn to I'm just going to tell you what it is. The first person he brought was Peter. The second person he brought, he brought, remember the miracle of feeding 5,000 people? Well, they were in a remote area. There wasn't a lot of restaurants around that had food for 5,000. But there was a little boy there that had five loaves and two fish. Andrew took that boy and brought him to Jesus. Jesus took that meager amount of food, prayed, he looked up to heaven, blessed it, and fed 5,000 plus people with 12 baskets full left over. Where did the food come from? It came from a boy that Andrew brought to Jesus. Later on in the Bible, there were some Greeks. Greeks are Gentiles, means they're not Jews. They were lost. And they wanted, they had heard about Jesus. And they approached Andrew and Philip. And they said, Sir, we want to see Jesus. And Andrew brought them to Jesus. Andrew is known for every and every every opportunity. He's that guy that's constantly inviting people to church, that's bringing people to church. That's introducing people to Jesus Christ. We need more Andrews. I want you to ask, are you an Andrew? Do you bring people to Jesus? Do you know the powerful thing about Andrew? Andrew was never a teacher. Never do we see him preaching. He was that behind the scenes worker that's constantly pushing people to see Andrew, to see Jesus. And look at what happened to the people. Every time that someone is coming to Andrew's introducing Jesus, I mean, Peter, his own brother, becomes... Peter was the guy that preached the Pentecost sermon when the Holy Spirit came down. 3,000 people got saved because of Peter. Where did Peter come from? Andrew brought it to him. We never know the person you bring to Jesus that the Lord will save and impact for an eternity. The miracle of feeding 5,000 came because Andrew brought a boy to Jesus. The Gentiles came, us included, we're the Greeks, the non-Jews, because Andrew is bringing people to Jesus. We should be asking God to raise up an army of Andrews. Will you be an Andrew? Will you be that person every opportunity? You on internet, are you using your internet, your social media, to share Jesus. I share this service right when it starts. I share it. Even this morning I was sharing it. When David's up here. And I, I feel convicted. I'm up here. I'm sure y'all saw me. Sharing on Facebook. Sherry leans over and says, Daniel, you look, I mean, here you are on the phone while we're singing worship songs. But I, in my mind, I'm sharing this service on, on Facebook. You're, you want to promote it, but also you want, to, you want to put down your phone and worship at the same time. 
Guys, Jesus Christ wants you and I to be an Andrew. We need to be that gal, that guy that is inviting people. Listen, Jesus Christ saves. He is the only hope for this world. Most people are saved because of a one-on-one relationship that someone took the time to bring them to church. Someone invited them on the internet. Someone introduced their friend, their classmate, their co-worker to Christ. The gospel spread through relationships. Most of us think when we're called, we think, gosh, I don't want to be a Sunday school teacher. I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to stand up like Daniel and Peggy and Zach and David. God just wants an army of Andrews. He's looking for those people that's just going to bring their family and their friends to know the Lord. That is one of the best things we can do. Flip over in your Bible, book of Luke. Online, turn, out, turn over a book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. Here he is, Peter. Who is Peter? Peter's the brother of Andrew. How did Peter learn about Jesus? Andrew brought him to meet Jesus. And I want to show you how Peter became a follower. Peter's name means rock. They're fishermen. He is someone that really gets criticized a lot in the Bible. And Peter is spoken about in many ways. We see his humanity. We see him deny Jesus. We see him cut a man's ear off. We see Peter, all of a sudden, he had a temper. He was the guy that would put his foot in his mouth. Peter was that guy that was very passionate. He's the fellow that walked on water. I mean, if Jesus is walking on water, why can't I get out of the boat and start walking on water too? And it's easy. But then he also started sinking into the water. He had a lot of faith and then he had a very little amount to say. We see this wide spectrum of this man. In many ways, these two brothers were polar opposite. Andrew is that quiet guy who's just behind the scenes working, bringing folks to Jesus. Peter is over here who's really kind of arrogant and loud and cocky and he's out front. He's the guy that with the, he wants his picture on Instagram. If you're going to know who Peter is, he's going to preach and teach to you. But he also, because he talks so much, he's also going to make lots of mistakes. Jesus rebuked Peter more than anyone else. And I tell you, Wednesday night's message I'm doing on Book of Mark, Jesus actually called Peter Satan. Because when Jesus told Peter that he was going to the cross, Peter looked him in the eye and said, no, you're not going to die, you're not going to cross. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter or Satan, get behind me. You don't even know what you're talking about. My mission is not, not to just come around healing people. It's to die on a cross for the sins of the world. And Jesus, only person he ever called, the, the most, number one disciple is Peter. He called him Satan. And not only that, I want to tell you, of all the disciples, Peter, it says, was sifted like Satan, sifted him like wheat. Peter denied Jesus three times. After the resurrection, Jesus went and restored Peter three times. Peter stood up at Pentecost and preached. The Holy Spirit came down. 
Peter also, in a city called Joppa, where Jonah and the well were from. Peter really struggled in the book of Acts when the gospel started going to the Gentiles. Peter was very Jewish. And all of a sudden, these non-Jews were getting saved. And God had to come and rebuke Peter in a man named Cornelius' house. Because God declared even Gentiles clean, and Peter wrestled with eating unclean food. And the gospel was going out, and Peter struggled with that. Paul and Peter later on bumped heads. They didn't always get along. And Peter was one of those guys, he, um, he could definitely bump heads with you. But look at this here. Luke chapter 11. Read here in your Bible. I'm sorry, not 11. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gesenera. That's the Sea of Galilee. He saw two boats at the edge of the water. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats. So Jesus is got a big crowd, and he's going to stand and teach from one of the boats, and it, which belonged to Simon. So the boat belonged to Peter. And he asked him to put it out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And what this, what this meant was Peter and Andrew were professional fishermen. Here is a rabbi, a religious teacher, who's standing probably just a few feet in the water in a boat, teaching. And he, remember, there's two boats. So these boats, one's probably Peter's boat. The other boat is Andrew's. And he looks over and he says, Hey, Peter, since you're letting me borrow your boat, I guess I'll pay you for this use. Go ahead and take your uh, boat and go put it out in the deep water here. And let's see if any fish get caught. And Peter's one of these guys that he probably answers this question very sarcastically. Have you ever had somebody tell you what to do and you thought, this person has no clue what they're doing? Well, that's, that's similar to what we're about to see here. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. I just cleaned my nets. I just came in. But, you know, if this is what you want me to do, just to kind of teach you a lesson, there are no fish being caught today. We'll just go out there and we'll see what happens. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. Their nets start to rip. So they signaled to their partners. Who were these partners? Remember? We'll, we're going to really see next week. Their partners were John and James. They were in the fishing business too. So they came over in the other boat to come and help them. Remember, Jesus is standing in one boat. And we're watching now this massive amount of fish being caught. Really, they haven't caught anything. But now they've had a huge catch. So the other folks come over and they help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Jesus has sank, is sinking both boats. Now the boats are starting to take in water. Both boats are. Say, why does it have a hole? No. The f catch 
is so big a fish. This is like a fisherman's greatest fishtail possible. The, the boat had so many fish. The fish was so big, the boat sank. I mean, so now not just that boat, the friend's boat's going down too. I mean, this is a miraculous catch. Let's be honest. Has anybody caught a fish so big it sank the boat? Any fishermen out there? Anybody on line? Any comments for that? You, make, you show that picture. So here's Jesus. Jesus is sinking the boats. But remember, the story here is not really about the fish. It's a miraculous catch. At Jesus' words. But look, the greater calling here is what we're about to see. And this is what applies to us. Look what he says. When Simon Peter saw this, he's recognizing, okay, I've never in my life had a catch such as this. He fell at Jesus' knees. He goes up to Jesus and he falls down. So he, he, they're getting back on land. They've got all this fish and says, oh my goodness, Jesus. He says, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. I didn't realize who I was in the presence of. When you become a disciple, and I don't want you, Peter probably struggled with sin. He right away is exposed to his sinfulness. He knows my life isn't right. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Those were the other boat that got sank. And look what Jesus said here. Don't be afraid. Jesus told Simon, from now on, you will be catching people. That is the gospel call. Peter, I, I showed you how to catch some fish. But now, we're about to start catching people. There's something greater than your job. In verse 11, here it is. I want you to look at this. This is what happens when Jesus calls you. and This is your call this morning. Then they brought the boats to land. So we're putting all our boats back. And they left everything. And they followed him. They realized. We are in the presence of the Messiah. The ministry is starting. And we're not going to catch fish anymore. We've caught enough fish here. Our final catch. And now we're going to start fishing for people. Do you know, Jesus started a ministry at that point of investing in Peter. Peter received the most time with Jesus than any of the other disciples. How did Jesus invest in Peter? He is mentioned more than any of the other disciples. Peter asked more questions to Jesus than any other disciples. He wanted to know. He is having more one-on-one conversations. Now, his conversations, he had a lot of mistakes. He said a lot of foolish things to Jesus. But he's asking the questions. Peter's more frequently rebuked by the Lord than anyone else. Jesus is constantly rebuking Peter. Peter's the only one that Jesus addresses Satan. That's always encouraging from Jesus. And knowing that, Peter confessed and denied Christ more than any of the others. 
Peter also was told by Jesus, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. When we become followers of Jesus, when you sign up and you become a believer, you are joining a rock that Jesus, a foundation, started with this man, a broken man, such as Peter. Do you know Andrew, his brother? Never is anything in the Scriptures mentioned negative about Andrew. He's the behind-the-scenes guy bringing people to Jesus. No disciple is rebuked more than Peter. And Jesus chose Peter to build his work on. And listen, if he can take Peter, Peter was that guy. Today, Peter would not be politically correct. He didn't fit in PC culture. He was going to offend you. Uh, he was going to uh, get be part of what they call now cancel culture. He would get canceled because he was just bold. He was passionate. And I think the contrast in what I want y'all to see this morning and how I want to conclude and how I want online folks this morning, whether or not you are an Andrew, that you're behind the scenes encourager inviting people to church, or you're that bold Peter where you're just, you're just out there. And you're going to say a lot of stuff. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going you're to say some things that you regret, that you probably said. And it's going to be hurtful and you're going to realize how sinful you are. You're going to have to be apologizing your whole life. You're going to go around daily asking for forgiveness from God and other people. Whether you're a Peter or whether you're an Andrew. These two men were the first two that became disciples and the first two that Jesus called. Andrew basically upgraded from following John the Baptist to following Jesus. Peter, you know, he made a more logical decision. He thought, well, if, if, if Jesus is the Lamb of God, I need to be following Him. Peter realized how sinful he is, and he is a filthy man he repented of that and followed jesus so when you come to jesus you can come through reason realizing the gospel is true jesus did down the cross or you can come out of conviction that you were just broken either way both paths lead to jesus jesus took both of these broken men and molded them into people and i'm asking you this morning where are you at which type of disciple you identify as are you a peter or are you an andrew god uses both the gospel call goes to all people god uses whatever gifts you are i'm inviting you jesus is inviting you to drop your nets quit worrying Quit being anxious. There is, do you know, I, I read the news, and I was reading the news. I don't even know why I read this stuff. It was about a happiness poll. 
And since Gallup poll has been doing a happiness poll for 50 years, they informed us that Americans are at the lowest point ever on the happiness poll. And when, I re- when, we re- when we hear stuff like that, what, what am I to make of that? Like, what do I do? And then I went on in the newspaper article, and it shared about America's patriotism. For the past 20 years, Gallup poll has been taking surveys of how patriotic do Americans feel. And Americans feel less patriotic now in 20 years. Both the happiness poll and the patriotic poll are at all-time record lows. Now, is that not discouraging? Now, I want, now, I'm saying this somewhat sarcastically. Because I want, okay, we are, we are followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus is in heaven right now, ruling on the throne in the presence of his Father, God. Whether people are happy or patriotic right now on June 28, 2020, should not affect how our mood is today. We are happy. We are fortunate because Jesus has saved us from our sins. He has chosen us. He has called us. He has lifted up out of the miry pit and set our feet down and say, Son, you are redeemed. It does not matter what's going on. Your name is written in the book of life. And I want you to know as a disciple and as a follower, listen Broadway, listen online folks, as a follower of Jesus, that is most important. We should not be affected by the mood of the culture. This week is 4th of July week. Absolutely, we should be patriotic. But if you aren't patriotic or you aren't happy, what's more important is that Jesus died for you. and He loves you. And you've accepted him as your savior. Do you want to respond to Jesus this morning? Our online audience, I want you to say yes to being a disciple and following Jesus. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. We are not swayed by the wind. We do not blow with what culture goes with. We are founded on the rock. Peter was passionate for Jesus. And I'm inviting you this morning to respond in faith, whether you're an Andrew or whether you're a Peter, to respond to him. Drop your nets and follow Jesus. I want you to bow your head. If you want to receive Jesus this morning, I want you to pray along this prayer. Dear Jesus, just like Peter, I am a sinful man or woman. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Lord, I'm following you. My life is in your hands. Jesus, I'm yours. I'm living for you every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. If you said that prayer here in the own, in person, you fill out that connection card, you drop it in the black box, let us know. And we'll be getting in touch with you about what it means to be a believer in Christ.
you're online, send our church Facebook page a message. I want to hear from you. We'll give you a phone call. We'll be in touch about what it means to be a believer. Best decision you'll ever make is stepping out in faith and following Jesus. We're gonna, we don't have a public invitation here. Our invitation is online. Our invitation is uh, communicating to us by, by written piece of paper. But we have a closing song here. I want to invite everyone to stand up. David Dell is going to lead us in that. And we're going to close our service by singing. We're going to sing a chorus that you know. It's a beautiful little chorus called Into My Heart, Lord Jesus. We're going to sing a cappella. So sing with me, will you? Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart. Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you leave.